First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. What's going on, YouTube? Nathan back with, a, with another video presentation. Hope you're all well, doing safe. Happy September. I cannot believe we are now three months away from 2021 being over. Uh, now we're getting into the fall season. It's about time. Thank God. You know, I, I hate I hate summers, uh, particularly Maryland summers. I, we've had seven heat waves this whole sun, the whole year, this whole summer. Thank God it's over. Um, <laughs> but um, before I get into the video, there is a few things I need to say up front. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Um, yes, I cannot believe we got into season three at this point. Uh, I just continue to thank each and every one of you for the support that you've given me, uh, the, the feedback. Um, my goal for this this season, I'm trying to get – Sean, what's good, bro? What's going on, baby? Good to see you, sir. Um, trying to get a couple people on here. Trying to reach Brent, reach out to a few people. I'm trying to get interviews with some athletes, hopefully, crossing fingers. Um I'm trying to really grow, grow this podcast. You know, this is what I, I love to do. This is why, again, I chose mass communications and journalism and media. I'm an aspiring journalist, and it's what I love to do. Um, season two, I have a playlist on my channel. It's completed, done. It's 15 episodes. Um, as far as season three goes today, so this is episode one of the podcast. Tonight, because of, of time, because uh, I do have some uh, outside of YouTube, I have some things that need to be taken care of. So probably tonight, episode two will go up. Um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about in episode two. Um, I'm going to break down the NFL season outlook. I had the opportunity of joining the Bowl Put, the Ball Pit podcast, along with the Let's Talk Football group. Had the opportunity to join those those guys. It's a wonderful conversation. Um I'm going to do my own personal outlook of the NFL season, uh, division winners. I might do wins and loss pre um, predictions. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as win the championship. I'm just going to just do the season outlook. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as far as football's concerned, we're getting, we're getting really, really ready for the NFL season because we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus those Dallas Cowboys. So there's not really much a lot going around the NFL. I mean, we're pretty much at the point we're getting ready. I mean, it may be a few roster cuts. Um, I know just in today's episode, there's not much going on in Washington. Um, I'm just going to talk about the roster. Uh, I have much. I pretty much got all my predictions. I got about 85% of my predictions correct of who made the team. Uh, Baltimore, we'll talk about them real quick. But in episode two, we're really going to break down each team as best as I can. To cover all 30 teams It's not easy, but I'll do my best. Um, recap the Baltimore Orioles and watch the Nationals. Um, it's been not easy, but I've been trying to watch both teams. I'm just going to clump the games um, and different things like that. So uh, the Orioles played the Kansas City Royals last night, and I believe we did win that game. Let me look. Let me just check the box score. Uh, 
me one second. No, we lost three to two. Uh, however, on the on the on Sunday we did come back and beat the Yankees. So we were in a four game series at home against the Kansas City Royals. Um, I'll get into that a little bit, but also too for the WNBA, the WNBA released its top twenty five players. Uh, I will talk about that in episode twenty five, uh, and also I'm going to break down my my MVP, most most improved player, coach of the year, rookie of the year. I'll break that down in episode two. Um, just uh, of being considerate of time for me, uh, but I kind of want to take this opportunity and thank you, Sean, for bringing that um, bringing this up. I want to give my condolences to uh, David Pattern and Keith McCants. Uh, McCants, excuse me. Um, David Pattern played for a few teams. Played for the Cleveland Browns. I remember that. Patriots, Redskins, Saints. Um, this that was shocking to, uh, to hear. I believe he had died in a in a car accident, and uh, so when I when I read he was riding his motorcycle, and he traveled the left center and the left of the center lane and collided with another with another vehicle, and then uh, yeah, it was a three it was a three vehicle accident. So I just want to send my thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, I like David Patterson. Patterson was a good little wide receiver. Um, if I'm not, it might, I may be thinking of Jerome Payton, but um, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, obviously with New England Patriots. Um, you know, just, you know, just for the record, actually, you know, uh, I'll leave that alone because you know that was, that was Drew Bledsoe's team the year of the first one, but I'm gonna leave that alone. Uh, let, me, let me get off that. But I just want to send my thoughts and prayers to him. Um, you know, he it was undrafted. You know, he first started off with the Albany Firebirds. Uh, then he played. He started with the Giants for two years. He was a, he was an assistant coach at Western Carolina. Um, just shocking, just shocking to hear. So again, thoughts and prayers to him, his family. Uh, Keith McCants, former linebacker, defensive end, the fourth overall pick, drafted by the Buccaneers. Um, great, great co- collegiate football player. Um, Personally, I just don't think it really transitioned, in my personal opinion, um, on the NFL level. Um, he didn't last long. He only lasted – his last season was with the Cardinals and he retired in 95. Um, he only was in the league for five years. So I don't know um, what happened there. But, um, you know, All-American, first team – SCE champion, first team All SEC champion. Um, he, I think he was even CBS's National Defensive Player of the Year. I think he even was the Iron Bowl MVP. It was at 1989, and then he won the a 1988 Sun Bowl championship. So, um, from what I understand with Keith, he had some legal troubles and you know, as far as you know, drug possessions and different things like that. And um, unfortunately, he died of a drug overdose. Um, it's crazy. It's only 53. So, um, again, I want to send my thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Um, he also was in the media booth for a little bit, um, with, and that was, and that was a radio station in Tampa Bay. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's like WWBA nine eight twenty something like that. So he had a little broadcasting career as well. But just sad to really hear about Keith McCants. Me great, 
great, great ball player. Now, he was supposed to be actually, fun fact, he was supposed to be drafted by the Falcons. I did some research on him. But they um, were not really, they backed away because of, obviously, he had, he had knee problems, he had knee problems, but also, too, this money allegation where he was taking money from agents, which we all know how the NCAA has exposed that. Um, just like, wow. So, you know, again, just rest in peace to those guys, man. Thoughts and prayers um, to, to their families. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Sean, for mentioning. I appreciate that. So before we get in, um, before we really start talking into the, get into the nitty gritty of things, I want to recap this, this, this big high school, uh, Bishop Sycamore. Um, first and foremost, I talked about this in the last, in the last episode. I think it's disgusting that we have people that try to scam hardworking people out of their money. Um, my question, and I should have asked this in the previous video, how come in the state, they're, they're either in Ohio, where is the state of Ohio in this? Um, it should not have taken this long for you to figure out um, something's not right here. I did an example. I think it was a school in Iowa or Idaho. can't remember. It was called Ronald Reagan International. And the school was not legit. Um, it would not phase me if there are more schools like this at all. It does not phase me. Um, I was having this conversation with a friend. And keep in mind that from what I understand, these are JUCO. JUCO means that you, you, you know, you're at a community college and you're playing sports. So you're at the junior community college level. Some of these guys are fifth-year seniors and JUCO community dropouts. You know what that means? They didn't last long on, 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 at a community college. These guys are told by some by, by these guys because the coach was fired after that blowout against IGM Academy, you know, who had an arrest warrant. You're hearing the other things where they you know they're taking out loans, bounce checks. Um, I have a couple clips. I'm gonna show y'all. There's a former player speaking out against it. Um, it's really disgusting that you're using kids, kids like these guys who deserve better. Now, my question is in this, where are the parents? Because if, if me personally, as a, if I was father, mother too, doesn't matter. And I know, and, and, and these guys are coming up to me, well, what's your school like? What's the education program like? I haven't seen that. They have a phone number, it, it goes, it, a voice mailbox is full. They have a PO box that goes to somebody's house or whatnot. This is legit. They're going to get caught. And when they get caught, they need to be throwing the book. Plain and simple. Let me play a couple clips of this, and we're going to get right into um, the podcast. So the first clip is um, they're talking about Bishop Sycamore. Uh, they even had a chance to actually interview the director of this school. So let's play that real quick. Her hands on the paperwork that Bishop Sycamore leadership sent to ODE, it got them designated as a non-charter, non-tax supported school. Is that right? Yeah, that's a designation for certain private schools. There are rules under Ohio law that you need in order to attain that status. First, you need to be formed around truly held religious beliefs. That's the language in Ohio state code. Now, these schools still need to send real quick before uh, shout, shout out to Jamie Ostroff. But before I get in, before she I play the video more, I just want to point, also point this out. They were caught before. OK, they had their hands caught in the cookie jar before. 
So the fact that they're even doing this again really says a lot about our system. Just saying information to the state every year that shows how many hours students attend school, what they're learning while they're there, and that the building is safe and up to code. So that is what Bishop Sycamore leadership describes, among other things, in these 18 pages that they sent to ODE last year. But it didn't take long for me to find multiple discrepancies. In its paperwork filed with the Ohio Department of Education ahead of the 2020-2021 school year, Bishop Sycamore reports an enrollment of three students. It says those students go to class from 7:10 a.m. to 3:05 p.m. at 303 South Grant Avenue, which also happens to be Franklin University's library. I asked the university if it ever had a relationship with Bishop Sycamore. School officials did reach out to us to look into leasing space, a spokesperson told me in an email. However, no contract was ever signed. Franklin even sent this letter to school director Andre Peterson in 2020, saying it was no longer interested in having a relationship with him after learning the high school was using the Franklin address on official paperwork. The paperwork also describes a partnership with two organizations, Advancing Science Worldwide and the Innovation Science and Education Foundation. Pathetic. Advancing Science Worldwide is a small nonprofit based in Arizona. It primarily supports schools in Africa. Advancing Science Worldwide Inc. never had any partnership with the school called Bishop Sycamore, and we never provided them any educational material. Y'all see this? The snowball is getting bigger. They even have a, um, in that area, there's a church that, according to the support by the director, uh, that they were getting funded. And the church doesn't know these guys. The nonprofit's president, Rithvik Musuku, told me in an email. But his organization did have a fiscal sponsorship agreement with the Innovation Science and Education Foundation. That, Musuku said, ended after ISE didn't send in its required paperwork. Musuku sent this letter of termination to two addresses provided by ISE. He said the letter was returned from the first. This office building in Easton, where I found no listing for ISE or Bishop Sycamore. And the second address was this house in Blacklick. No one answered the door there. An internet search returns no results for ISE, but the Franklin University letter links it to Andre Peterson. I have left multiple messages for Peter. That's just clip number one. I'm, I'm not done. Clip number two. Shout out to Jay Crawford, by the way. Coming to light this afternoon about the mysterious high school football team we told you about yesterday, Bishop Sycamore. The team claiming to be based in Ohio lost in front of an ESPN audience Sunday, final score 58-0 to a team from Florida. Another thing now, is, too, I want to pinpoint this out real quick before I know I, I keep pausing. I apologize. They are also sharing equipment. Wait a minute. Notice the jerseys, too. Same jerseys. They have to share helmets, all that stuff. Um, in the midst of a pandemic, you don't have a sponsor for equipment, different things like that. Hmm. The same. Head coach. Roy Johnson was fired for not keeping track of injuries and for misleading a marketing team. Today, a former player of Bishop Sycamore told his story to Kevin Landers of our sister station in Columbus. Aaron Boyd recalls this pitch he got from coaches to leave Cincinnati and play high school football in Columbus. When we first moved in, 
they told us that we didn't have our facility built yet, so we were staying in the hotel in uh, Delaware, Ohio. So we were staying there. We all thought we were just waiting for our dorms. No dorms were built because this was an online school, and there was no money or food, he said. So the then 15-year-old says he and other players did what they had to do. Dine and dash, like, take food from grocery stores, all that. What? Hear that? See, you have to take the food from grocery stores. Coaches are supposed to provide food for their players. These coaches, they have to fend for themselves to the point where they're sleeping at, at, at I think I was the director director of this of this school's house. However, they share beds and things like that. Like many players his age, he dreamed of playing against IMG, a high school football powerhouse that was featured last weekend on ESPN against the newest version of Christians of Faith Academy, now what kind of pass was that? Sycamore, but he doing a double coverage. Against IMG. Look at the effort. Because we wasn't a real school. And he said there was little emphasis on education. We wasn't going to school. I wanted to actually come and go to a real school. Like it got to a point like we wasn't going to school. And like I thought it was cool at first. And then like it was like, man, like what am I doing? Like as for kids looking at going to the school now. Boyd has this message. Don't go because it's a waste of time. Wow. So Landers, you know, um, it's 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 really disgusting that we have people like these cats taking advantage of young kids. Particularly, I, I want to put the emphasis on black kids because we 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 we. I I, I I want people. I want everyone to understand this. I don't want these guys to suffer. I want them to succeed and be well as they grow and mature in life. But when you have snakes in the grass like this, that do with these get rich quick schemes, manipulate these kids into, well, if you come to my program, this is what we'll do for you. They are selling these kids on a, on a fantasy that, that, that will never happen. And that's fucked up. Excuse my language. Because at the end of the day, who suffers? It's the kids. Meanwhile, well, you got a coach that probably right now is sitting in a jail cell. An athletic director, most likely, I don't even know if that's even his real name for, for all I know. Bounce checks, unpaid loans, committing fraud. Meanwhile, these kids have to suffer. It would not phase me if you have more Bishop Sycamores like this out here. It wouldn't phase me at what at all. I feel bad for these guys because you know why? Because some of these kids, you know what? They're looking at an opportunity to be a part of a good program for college. A school like Duke University. Again, like I said, these coaches say, hey, if you come to my school, I can get Guys like Duke University, Clemson, Alabama, Baylor, Maryland, to look at you. And look, getting embarrassed on national TV. Last year, finishing the season 0-6. Having to the point where they didn't even have a proper roster sheet for that game against ING Academy. Didn't list players' heights, didn't list their weights. It wasn't even a full, complete roster. 
smells like chicken shit. Let me get off that, man. Let me real quick just talk about the Washington football team. Um, to talk about some real football. Something real. And authentic. Um, now, uh, I, I, let me just say this. My, my predictions were right. Um, I kind of want to, I don't want to rub it in their face, but um, Sammy Reyes made the team. Um, we did sign 15 players for the practice to the practice squad. Wasn't surprised about that. Um, I was glad to see William Bradley King on the practice, on the practice squad. Uh, Jeremy Reeves, just to name a few, Wes Martin, uh, Danny Johnson, uh, jo Jordan Kunznick, Benny um, Rutimi, Gabe Wright. I was really happy to see some of those guys on the practice squad. Really great because to me, I think they had a really good, decent practice, um, pre-practice, pre-season. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, Steven Montrez is now with the Lions. Uh, we didn't sign Luke, Isaiah Wright and Cole Luke. Uh, we're not coming back on the practice squad. We put Jeremy Moreland on the practice squad as well. And also, too, we put, they put Peyton Barber. So nothing wrong with that. Ken, what's good, bro? Live from TU. Shout out to Towson University, man. Can't wait to be back there on campus. Cannot wait. That's happening soon. Um, so, I mean, that's really what's happening right now in Washington. We're just really getting, we're getting really geared up. Um, I was reading this article, and Sean, and shout out to Sean Spencer. He might laugh at this, but they compared um, <laughs> Troy Ape to Jason Seahorn. <laughs> Jason Seahorn, uh, y'all remember him back? You know, um, back in the day, he played for the Giants. Um, obviously, he was the last uh, Towson University, Sean. Uh, Y'all remember J.C. Horn, you know, obviously, you know, uh, was a good corner. Uh, retired in 03, but, uh, yeah, they said after the switch, the long, yeah, a lot of people are comparing Troy Ake, Ake to Jason Seahorn. That was interesting. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far yet. I know they're, you know, they're, he's switching from, He's a safety by trade, and they're moving the corner this year. So we'll see. We will see. I mean, I, APK. Now I want to. I want. It's going to take me I, the season. I, I got to. Oh, I'll, 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 I will get better with it with the names, ladies and gentlemen. Eight key. I think I said that right. Troy Eight key. Um. So real quick, the depth chart. Like I said, I want I kind of want to stay on track with the depth chart. So, um. I mean, again, like I didn't have John. I didn't. I don't think I did. I have, my list. I don't think I had John Bates making the team. I had three tight ends for Washington. Sammy Reyes made the team. Um, that's what stood out. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyler, uh, Tyler, um, Taylor, Heineke, Kyle, Kyle Allen, McLaurin, Dami Brown, Adam Humphreys, Carter, Millender, Curtis Samuel, Cam Sims. Um, 
I was surprised the offensive line, if I had it right, 10 offensive linemen had that right. Um, let me look at the defense. I had, I had nine. Nine, all, nine defensive linemen had that right. Um, I went with six corners. I mean, for the most part, I would say I was pretty accurate. Soft A. Achy. Achy. Okay, I think I might have said that. Achy. Um, so I like the, I like this depth chart. Uh, I, I'm not mad at it. You know, again, um, I said the biggest surprise for me was Sammy Reyes making the team. So I came up to see him first NBA, first basketball player. Uh, no football experience made the team. Congratulations. Uh, so, oh, real quick, before I get into that, let me make sure oh, right. we play week one. So we got those, we got those, those San, we got those San Diego Chargers. I'm not calling them Los Angeles Chargers, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, the San Diego Chargers. At key. At key. Okay. Got it. Thank you. All right, that makes sense now. At, at key. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Um, one o'clock Sunday. That's a home game, too. I can't wait to see that game. Um, I'm looking for that to be a good game. We'll be playing those Chargers. Can't wait. Want to transition to Baltimore? Uh, a couple things happened. Uh, so not only did we lose J.K. Dobbins, you wanted the season opener. Oh, fantastic. That is great. Um, be great to get some insight, your perspective being there. Uh, what did you think? What went right? Different things like that. Looking forward to hearing from that. Hearing from you about the season opener. Can't wait. Might even see you on TV. <laughs> um, we lost Justice Hill yesterday in practice. He tore his Achilles. Um That hurts. So we're now down two running backs, but I'm I'm still confident. I I I, I, I trust Gus Edwards. Um, how many games are you going to? I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. I hope I would like to go at least one. Um, at least one. Shout and shout to Dave Ball as well. Shout out to Dave Ball from Ball Pit uh, Podcast. RB. Running back. Um, he's out for the season. Um, they were trying out Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. Um, let me just say this, people. Let me, let me just say this. Uh, as much as I love to have one type girl, I know he's from Baltimore and different things like that. His knees, he's not the same running back. I cannot emphasize that. Uh, he, he he has – his knees are just a concern. That would be like me trying to sign Larry Bird with a, with, with a bad back. We all know the last five years of his career he had a back injury. 
from shoveling gravel. You know, he that's me. Like, okay, he's a free agent. Oh, the Washington Wizards, let's sign him to a three-year deal. I know we're not going to get the same Larry Bird. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sign Todd Gurley with bad knees. Let's get Cameron together. We shall hit up one game at least. I agree for sure. We can do that. Um, so I'm Todd Gurley. Can we, can we just please just drop that? It's it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and no, I don't think reunited with with Mark Ingram. No, Mark Ingram as serviceable as he was here. J.K. Dobbins is on the rise, and so is Gus Edwards. Now we still have Tyshawn Williams. And Gus Edwards. Again, I'm completely I have full confidence in Gus Edwards, but I would have liked to have Nate McCreary on the squad too because he had a great preseason. Now, my only concern with Baltimore, um, I'm looking at their salary cap. Let me just make me bring up my source spot track. Y'all know how I love spot track and you know contract contracts and things like that. Now, as of Right now, we have a little under $17 million in the cap. I don't know what Baltimore is going to do with that. Baltimore could sign with probably. <laughs> I like a good one. That's a good one. Um, you only need one. And my guess is I would like to have seen Le'Veon Bell, but, you know, Le'Veon Bell, I, I feel like, you know, it's not the same running back he was a few years ago. Granted, he's 29. Um, my only concern is with this, we're going to run – I don't want Lamar Jackson ran to the ground, um, but I don't think Greg Roman's going to set that up. Again, I'm looking at the young guy. I'm looking at Gus Edwards, uh, Tyshawn Williams. They're going to be asked to step up more. To take, you know, and I don't know where that comes from. I know Lamar's going to get his. I know with that running game, that 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 take that dictates more of the defense on the rushing than it does passing. It takes more pressure off Lamar because they're focused on the running on the running backs. But I feel like they get another running back in there, whether it's a Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell. Um, I I I kind of lean towards Le'Veon. I'm not. It wouldn't fit. It wouldn't bother me. I mean, hell, we got Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh. So I mean, why not? You also adds receiving. I agree with that. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards Le'Veon Bell. My only issue is I'm not listening. This, this, when he got his money with the Jets, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just. I don't, I don't know how to put Le'Veon Bell is kind of a, a confusing confusing topic for me. But uh, we also did resign Mark Andrews. Um, Well-deserved. Deserved his money. Four-year deal worth $56 million. I like the deal. It's a, it's friendly, it's a team-friendly deal. Um, he arguably, you know, we can all – he's a, he's that top, top four tight end. You know, it's Kelsey, Kettle, Waller. Andrews, however you want to put it. And they're my top four tight ends. Um, each year you're seeing him continue to improve. Um, and also, too, he got on his birthday. So happy birthday. He's a Virgo. Didn't know that. Um, 
where he's now the third paying tight end behind Kettle, who's making $15 million, and Kelsey, $14.3 million. So it's well-deserved. And also, too, this is one of Lamar Jackson's best targets, more reliable targets. Um, Jets were trash. Obama plays a different story. Plus, they play the Steelers twice. He's not the same as he was in Pittsburgh. Plus, he wants all the carries, and Lamar will cut in the Bills, Bills workload. Yes, yes, I agree with that. That's a good point. Good, very good point. So, um, that's really what's going on in Baltimore land. Uh, again, we're getting ready to play those um, those Raiders, uh, the, the, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so, that's about it. Other than that, we ain't got really much going on. Also, too, got to give a, a, a special shout out to former defensive tackle Lionel Dalton. He had a kidney transplant and it went successfully well. Um, thoughts and prayers with you, brother. Uh, congratulations. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we'll to see that happen for you. Um, just around the NFL real quick. Uh, I'm not really concerned about Jamar Chase and his um, the drops he had this preseason. Um, that's my outlook for season. I will have that outlook for episode two camp, so be on the lookout for that. I'll be on the lookout for that. Who do you got? Winning. I'll talk about that in the pre and when I do the NFL preview season, uh, outlook for the season. I'll do that episode too. Uh, I'm not concerned about Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase would be fine. Uh, it's all part of just it's all part of being growing. You know, I'm not concerned about Jamar Chase. I think he'll have a great year. Um, I cannot emphasize this this COVID thing. Uh, Bill Belichick has some comments about it. Um, you know, some people kind of feel like, was it, you know, is it was was that one of the reasons Cam was cut? Listen, at the end of the day, it's if any any one of these guys go down, you know, Lamar Jackson just when I'm the what I the, the sources that I I saw, he got his first COVID shot because you know he's gotten COVID twice, but I'm pretty sure behind closed doors, Harbaugh, Costa, Roman, team doctors sat down with him and said, "Yo, man, listen." You are the centerpiece for this team. You've gotten COVID twice. If you go down with this way a third time, you're putting us in a predicament where we we don't really, besides Tyler Huntley, you, you, there's a lot of this that the, the outweigh the good does the, the bad that outweighs the good. Because if we're trying to compete for a championship, you're putting us in a in a tough tough spot. Look at the guy. Look at the guys last year in New England. Most of those guys stepped, sat out because of COVID. Even though I feel like they sort of Cam Newton to fail. But, I mean, let's call it what it is. The reason why Cam, I believe COVID wasn't, was a factor in him being cut because he missed three practices. And these guys are very staunch about not getting it. Again, I'm not telling people what to do about getting a vaccine. That is your choice. But, you know, just, just I just want to point this out, right? When we get sick and we go to the doctor, right? We tell the doctor, well, I need this medication. We'll go to a CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens. Don't matter. We'll, we'll take that medication. We don't know what's in it. No, Cam's not vaccinated. He's made that vehemently clear. He doesn't. He's, he's not. He's he's on the. I'm, no, he's made that vehemently clear. You know, flu, hepatitis, Tdap, flu, chicken pox. Those are vaccines that really everyone should get. Especially when you're when you're a newborn, and as you get older, particularly I know when you start college, because there's certain if you're not vaccinated as a as a 
going into college, particularly like university, Towson, for example, they put a health hold on your account until you're fully vaccinated. You get the shots that you need. Again, not telling you guys what to do. That's your choice. But understand that we're trying to compete to win a championship. One or two guys, Kobe, you've seen it. What you've seen what it's done in the NFL seat in the NFL last year. Three quarterbacks in Denver couldn't play. Half the Ravens were knocked out with COVID and still made the playoffs. But unfortunately, it's become political. We can't even talk about sports without talking about COVID. It's become political. Politics has gotten in sports. It's gotten in pretty much our everyday lives now. Now, how the NFL season survived is beyond me. And I'm glad it did. But I would like to, but I would like, there should be more cooperation. There should be more of this. Again, research, talk to your doctors, educate yourselves. The Patriot players set up, made their own decision. It wasn't the team telling them to sit out. I don't think the Patriots set them up. I just, I think he was just given a raw deal. That's fair. Um, again, like I said, I will get into the projection. I will get into the uh, outlook for the season. Um, Zach Martin can't play uh, against the Buccaneers because of COVID. A couple other things, too. So Tyrod Taylor's named the starter um, as the situation with Deshaun Watson. Y'all know how I... That's I've talked about that. I'm not going to talk about it again. Um, TJ Watt has missed is set out because he wants a new deal. Um, hopefully they'll get that done. Oh, KJ Wright is now with the Oakland Raiders. He set the new deal, and the Seattle Seahawks actually just 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 situated got this contract with the Wayne Brown situated so really great I'm glad to see him back there he's one of Russell Wilson's most notable offense linemen and again I think Russell Wilson will leave um I think he had a decent year all things to consider the Patriots were in the hunt early in December yes they were bring Cam to Washington football TJ Watts concerned about the game. Yeah, of course. That's what it is. It's all about guarantee money. He just wants, because again, he feels like he's worth it. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Get your money while you can get it. Um, Austin Jackson and Adam Sheila were placed on the COVID reserve list. Saquon Barkley is fully, is close to being fully cleared to play week one. Cannot wait. Um, Seattle Seahawks are requiring proof of COVID vaccinations or negative COVID tests prior to home games. Ooh. For fans over the age of 12. Interesting. Mm. That should be interesting. Actually, that should be interesting. Um, I'm going to transition into back in the, in the baseball real quick. 
So I, I'm going to really just focus on the past couple of things, the past few game stories. I've seen a few more, a few positives. Um, I mean, I've said it. The Orioles, the way they're playing, they're going to lose about they're going to lose 110, 115 games. Um, I mean, at this point, it's just I got to just deal with it as an Oriole fan. Um, I know my team sucks, but I know that my team is building for the future. Um, this team, I have to give Michael Elias the credit. I mean, I, I trust the process, and he's and he's done a great job. Uh, the only concern I have a couple concerns. Uh, last year, he he, uh, he with the with the outfitter we got Heston. Um, you know, with the with the the heart issue, I'm a little concerned about that. Um, Chris Davis is now retired. I wish not all endeavors, but we still got to pay his pay the remainder of his contract. Uh, my question is when this team is ready to compete in about two, three years, can you get, uh, I'm not talking about getting a, a big free agent. I'm talking about a free agent. That's a veteran that, you know, that can, it, it, a veteran is a veteran piece. I'm talking like somebody that can, be that leader up with, alongside Trey Mancini because Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini, Brian Mountcastle, Ramon uh, Uriris, uh We might have to put Jorge Montero in that in that conversation as well. DJ Stewart's playing for his just for next year to be on this team. I see Anthony Santander there being here, but I kind of still see him at a point where he's traded. Severino is just a holding spot until Ali Rutchinson's ready to play. Um, the pitching staff's looking a little great. I like the fact that Keegan Aiken is starting to pick it up a little bit. He's starting to find it a little bit. Uh, he had a good outing uh, the other night. Really great. Um, yes, John Means is back. I mean, he only played. He only would start five innings. So I mean, he wasn't. It wasn't bright lights, but he. It was a good. It was a good pitching. It was a decent pitching performance by him. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at with Grayson, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, Bruce Zimmerman. I think this team will look okay. Now, um, Jorge Lopez, Tyler Wells, Cole Solcer, we got to figure some things out. Um, I will say this. Jorge Lopez has definitely, since being moved to the bullpen, he's definitely adapted well. I will not take, I will not take anything away from that. Um, Trey Mancini. I, I want to call out Kyle. I want to say it was Kyle Farnsworth um, that made that made uh, a state made some comments I didn't appreciate. I want to say it was him about resting in God because of general of, of general soreness. Uh, first and foremost, every baseball player is entitled to a day off or two. Now he didn't say who he was talking about, but his tweets were kind of were going towards Trey Mancini. Now. Let's give let, let, let's understand something. Trey Mancini's been through a lot these last couple years. He just got over a battle of, of colon cancer. Uh, his story this year has been amazing. If he really should be, he should have an award this year um, for just 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 the the the, the person that he is, uh, the baseball player that he is, just what he does for the the, the, the community. The community is a lot and. I'm pretty sure Kyle, Far Kyle, Kyle Far Farnsworth has uh, has asked, can I have a day off, coach? Every player is different. Now, do I think guys get rested a little bit too much? Sure. But this season is a little strange. This way this season has been lately, it's been strenuous. 
I mean, pitchers, uh, the amount of injuries that you've seen this season with pitchers, it's ridiculous because he can't use spider tech and different things like that. Don't condone it. But these pitching coaches have got a lot, have got the work cut off for them this offseason. And I thought it was just really, really ignorant and more importantly, um, selfish, in my, in my personal opinion, for that to be talked about. Um, so, again, I look at the positives. We lost last night. Andrew, Andrew Benatendi, uh, the Boston Red Sox, former, former Red Sox. I can't stand him. Uh, no, I, don't, I mean, I don't mean that literally. I mean that figuratively. He came through in the clutch with a with a, bait, uh, a three with the RBI, the right 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 field, three two, and that was that. That was it. Um, the night before Sunday, we beat the Yankees with a nice comeback win. Uh, that was a really good game. I kind of felt like, oh, okay, they kind of just ready to pack it in as a wrap. But we took two games. Out that series, y'all, we took two games. I'm not bad at that. We're letting the Yankees know that we're not, that we're coming. All right? We're not bitches. Excuse my language. But I'm happy that we won that. We got two games out of that series. I'm happy. Now, the last 10 games, we're three and seven. That's okay. We're, <laughs> we're a better road team than we're at home. We're now 24 and 48 away from home, but we're 19 and 45 at home. Um, so right now the Orioles currently stand 43 and 93 on the year. Um, let's just call it what it is. The Baltimore Orioles will have the number one overall pick next season. Uh, <laughs> with that, it's, that's, that's just, that's disgusting. Um, did you play tonight? Um, let me just see, let me see who starts today. I believe it's. Who starts? I want to say it is. I want to say it's Keegan. Maybe it's as Alex Wells. Alex Wells comes in this game, one and two with an ERA of seven point seven one. Uh oh God. We go up against Kawar, zero and two with an ERA of nine point eight. So we should win this game. We definitely should win this game. So, um, yeah, like I said, we're, 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 we're kind of wrapping up with baseball. we got about, what, two more weeks? And then, you know, one, two, three, Cancun. And we go home. Our last game is on the third against the Blue Jays on the road. Washington Nationals, same thing. Just going to really keep uh, – we just keep it moving. Um I see this Escobar. I did not realize he was playing for the Washington Nationals until until a couple weeks ago. I had a great comeback win the other night against the New York Mets. Um, I will say this about the young core about the Mets. These boys are fighting. They're not phased. Um, uh, Kibart Reyes, Josiah Gray, Lane Thompson, Mason Thompson, Ryan Idley, they have been called up, and these guys are balling. They're playing. I mean, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, really the only – Veterans left on as a, a you know that hasn't been traded. Now, you got Carter Kaboom uh, and Luis Gonzalez. I mean, they're up here, so they're pretty much not everyday players. Now, ever since the, the, the tread that line on the 31st, uh, we were 9 23 going into this game against the Mets, and that's okay. But say what you want. These guys, they got some, we got some promise with these kids. And 
I, I'm all for it. I am all for it. Um, you know, the, the, the five-game series, we saw Luis Gonzalez go seven for 19 with five extra base hits. Lane Thompson is is, is going is 16, six for 16. Uh, Josh Bell and Juan Soto had a home run. Kabloom had six hits. Um, we even had uh, Albert, Albert Baldonado, um, who had a debut against the Phillies. He, didn't, he hasn't a lot of run yet. He did have two prints against the Mets. He threw two and two batters scoreless innings and didn't allow a single base run. He struck out three. So, and also two former Oriole Josh Richardson, Josh Rogers is on this team. So um, another Oriole prospect, which was still on the team, but that's okay. Um, but we're looking really good, man. I, I, say what you want about the, about this Washington Nationals team. They're looking really good. Now, we do play the Atlanta Braves um, today, and <laughs> uh, you see what happened was, um, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> right now we're, we're we're actually tied with the Marlins. We're fifty-seven and eighty apiece. Uh, we're actually a better home team. We're thirty-three and thirty-nine, but away from home, we're twenty-four and forty-one. Uh, we're two and eight. Going into the series against the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Braves are one again a one game and a half first place in the NL East. Um, then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are the in, behind the is not behind far as the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's going to be the 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 Baltimore Orioles, Arizona Diamondbacks, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, let me point out any other team that has uh, this trash and the Texas Rangers. Those will be your top four lottery pick teams for next season for the 2022 uh, MLB draft. Let's get it, baby. Um, MLB. So real quick, I just want to do my, I'm just going to do a couple things. I'm going to change up a little bit. There's not really much going on in the MLB news um, that I saw that was worth a topic. Um, you know, we're getting ready for the, we're ready for the playoff stretch. Um, I did talk about Carlos Farnsworth in his in that statement, but I kind of want to do something different. I kind of want to get my real quick my playoff rate, my my MVP, Cy Young, award winners, different things like that. So I gotta say this for the AL MVP, it's it's still a toss up. I'm going to, it's between Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, NL MVP. Yeah, Tatis Jr., Bryce Harper, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. Now, the only thing I will say about Tatis, he's on a team right now that everybody raved about in their third place in the NL West. Because um, I believe MVP record matters too. So I don't know how to feel about that one. Uh, Cy Young. My Cy Young award winner is Garrett Cole. I'm not backing away from that. Uh, I have Lance Lennon consideration. I want to give Robbie Ray some love um, just because. And then an NL, Walker Bueller, Corbin Baines, Zach Wheeler. Um, I mean, really, it should be Jake DeGrom for Cy Young, but because we've never seen any, what we see with Jake DeGrom, we haven't seen anybody do what he's done. But then, you know, unfortunately, he's gotten hurt. And then Clayton Kershaw, too, I would have considered him, but he's been hurt. So it's really just Walker. Um, but Garrett Cole, I mean, hasn't looked back this whole season. He's looked really great. Um, 
I mean, again, I I still feel I believe I, I'm I'm looking at the Boston Red Sox. I think the Boston Red Sox are going to win the AL East. Uh, I think the I think the the National League. I got I have to go with the Braves. I really do. Now my surprise team to make the playoffs. Well, I. I, I no, I have the Giants win the division, but my surprise team and the playoffs is Atlanta. I'm not going to be – don't be surprised with Atlanta. Um, the Mets could squeak in there. The Mets could squeak in there for sure. Um, but, I mean, the American League, there's, I mean, it's between Boston and New York. No one's really – nobody to me really stands out in the AL East, in my personal opinion. Um, Tampa Bay, I'm disappointed. And, I mean, Tampa Bay is right now 87-51, but – I'm still holding out hope that Boston can win the AL East, but um, if Tampa wins, Tampa wins. Um, I have Chicago representing the AL East, the American League in the World Series. Um, Houston, I can't say well Houston either. Houston, you know, say what you want about the whole trash can thing, you know, the, the, the cheating scandal, but they've proven that you know what, they're just that they that they're still winning. Um, the Brewers, I can't sleep on them. The, the Reds have kind of fallen off. They lost two games. They've gone, you know, let in. <sighs> it's tough. But, I mean, the Padres, are, they're, they're, they are 14.5 games out of first place. This is a team everyone said World Series. I haven't seen that. I, I was not – I'm not – I was never sold on this team. You can throw at me Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., but did, did the San Francisco Giants die? Did the Los Angeles Dodgers die? You know, I, I just, I mean, it's looking to it's shape up to be really, really great. So that wild card, though, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It has to be New York and Boston, and then the Dodgers. I, I have to give. I'm I, I'm I'm going to say it's going to be. The Mets, Giants, the Mets, Cardinals, Reds, Pop, and Phillies. I don't have the Padres making the playoffs. I don't. That's just my personal opinion. Um, real quick, I do want to transition away from baseball into some NBA news real quick. So, again, we're getting ready for the uh, NBA season. Really quick, I got to send my thoughts and prayers out to Cedric Sabalos. He's battling COVID. Um, just ask for prayers. So, thoughts and prayers with you. I said to Sabalos, Cedric Sabalos played with, uh, with Chuck, um, 1982 Slam Dunk champion, Phoenix Suns. Um, DeAndre Jordan is going to the Los Angeles Lakers after being bought out by the Pistons. Let me just say this the Los Angeles Lakers. They better win the championship this year. Because if not, just saying. I'm just saying. Um, Paul Pierce talked about why he left uh, ESPN. So he we all remember he got uh booted from his job because he was showing uh was on IG Live with a lot of booty. And also, he was drunk and high at the same time. Um, he pretty much said he has no regrets. 
leaving ESPN. He said he was done. Um, quote, this is what he said in the article that I read from Clutch Points. Come on, I didn't do anything illegal. These uh, MFs um, in the Hall of Fame, some did cocaine. And hold on real quick. Um, battery, what did I do? I was having a good time. All these people come after me. Half you MFs do the same stuff. You're just hiding it. And all of you are married while doing it. I'm divorced. I'm retired. I'm having fun. And if Hall of have held it against him, listen, says Pierce, if I didn't make it with this class, it would be the biggest stiff in Hall of Fame history. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, he can do whatever he wants, but um, there's there's a time and a place. That's just that's just my opinion. But um, that's really what's going on in the, around the NBA. Uh, the NBA season starts in a few weeks, actually, too. <laughs> so, my gosh, we're getting there. We are getting there for sure. Um, Paul Pierce, the goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the goat, all right. Definitely the goat. Um, real quick, the Washington Mystics. Uh, they lost a couple nights ago. They lost to the Minnesota Lynx. Final score was ninety three seventy five. Uh, every every game is a must game, man, and we're, we're just. We're just getting, we're just getting our, we're just, we're just not, we're not clicking. We're not clicking at all. Um, I, I would, you know, let me just say this at the, at the tip of the horn, we both started off both sides, started all five from the game, which I thought was bad. Um, Nafisa Kali had 25 points, nine rebounds. She started the game off. Uh, Tina Charles only had 12 points, eight rebounds. Um, I mean, the pace of the play was great, but the fact that both sides from the field went three or fourteen, that that was kind of an eyesore to watch. Um, at halftime, it was going after the first quarter. It was twenty four nineteen. We had five consecutive points by us, the Mystics, and went on a twelve zero run. Um, no, the Lynx, excuse me, and that like T called, called a timeout. And then Shavante Ellis came in the game, and Trina Charles came in there to kind of get us back on track. Uh, Rachel Banahan, that the whole Minnesota Lynx team, I'd say what you want, but they 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 are ready to compete for a championship. Uh, we had no containment of their shooters, and Rachel was one of them. Um, we went on, we went for we went five minutes without scoring a bucket. We went on, they went on a twenty-five to four run, and. By the half, we were down 20. And then we were outscored 26 to 16 and only shooting 39 from 13 of 39 from the floor, from the field. Disgusting. Um, we did go in the third quarter, however, on a 24-4 run, and we cut it to cut it to four. Becca Gustafson helped us score. She had 12, she's going on 12 on the 18 possessions that we had in the third quarter. But the fourth quarter, that's when it just went all to dust. Um, the the Lynx scored 18 unanswered points. Um, you know, we had absolutely no 
answers. I mean, we only scored 13 points in the fourth quarter compared to uh, Minnesota. They just, again, we had no answers. Um, Natasha had 12 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, my notes here, um, you know, Ariel Powers from a Mystic had 20 points coming off the bench. Caleb McBride had 15 coming off the bench. And uh, again, it's just, it's, it's a dundada. The truth, LOL. I need your sleeper teams and stuff before the NBA season starts because y'all be tripping in the group chat. I got you. Y'all should do a sleeper show pick and bring those guys in from the group chat one. I agree, Sean. I agree. I'm, I'm waiting. I, I, the invitation's out there. Um, so just to, just to point out a couple things, their bench points, I had to look it up. Um, Minnesota had 39. We had 18. Uh, we uh, 29 to 75 from the field by the Mystics. And – <laughs> Minnesota was 36 to 68 from the field, uh, 29. It, it, you know, it just, oh, my God. Uh, you know, the, the first six spots already claimed up. I said it, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Minnesota, Seattle. I, I had the Connecticut Sun win the championship. Um, it's a wrap for the Mystics. I don't see this team making the playoffs. I don't. Um, that's, that's just hard. It's just, that's just the truth. I, I just don't see it. Um, it's – you know, they're going to have to really figure it out. You know, it's. I don't I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, we granted with the injuries, I would have just liked to have seen more. Uh, I mean, I, I can't expect Deladon to come back after two years not playing and just instantly just be the. I think they are scared camera. <laughs> um, I just don't know what, what to say on it. Um but like I said, if the playoffs start today, the Mystics don't make the playoffs. You have three teams that two teams, the seventh and eighth seed, they could potentially make the playoffs with subpar 500 records. That's mediocre. That's ridiculous. And the Washington Mystics and the Los Angeles Sparks are the ninth and tenth seed. Then you have the Atlanta Dream and the Indiana Fever that are at the way at the bottom. So I, I just don't see the Mystics making the playoffs. I don't. Um, with that being said, um, real quick, I definitely do want to talk about something that I found interesting. Um, LaMelo Ball and this 32 year old he's dating, her name is Anna Montana. Um, y'all know where I have stand with this on these, these guys and these Instagram models. Um, supposedly she's denied the, the pregnancy rumors. Um, something was going around that uh, she was implying that she is the father, that Lamelo Ball is the father of her unborn child, um, and saying that she he owed I can't remember how much money it was, and it was like an absorbing amount of money of child support, and the child's not even born yet. Um, it's it's really getting to the it's really starting to get disgusting to hear these kind of stories. Um, the fact that we have women like this preying on young guys like LaMelo Ball, can we just, at this point, can we just, in agreement, these are predators, Brittany Renner and PJ Washington, because, I mean, we can all say, we can all, you can all give me the whole argument, well, they know what they're getting themselves into, but the fact that you're going out with somebody half your age, probably a decade older than you, younger than you, that says a lot. If this was a man, I'm not... We're, this is a we're, we're, everyone's on is is 
They don't have an issue with it. But the fact that she's 32 and he's 21, he just got in the league. He's 20. He just got in the league. And again, this is what LeVar Ball was talking about. Yo, man, focus on your career, then worry about settling down. You want to have a girlfriend? That's great. But not just for athletes. That's for all men, in my personal opinion. Because I don't understand what this whole, particularly these athletes, you know, Malik Beats is another example. Settling down with these models and having babies and then it all goes to waste. Malik Beasley is now now going to jail. P.J. Washington has to pay over $43 million for the next 18 years. And what's funny, this is another situation where that little video Brittany Renner made a few years ago making the point, if you want to mess around with an athlete, get get an athlete. They just get money, get an athlete, because they're done. And I thought, and I thought, Lamelo would have been smart, would have been smart, smarter. Thank you, thank you. Comment of the day. Beasley got out. Good, good to hear. Thank you, Cameron. Um, I, I'm just saying, we these guys got to be smarter. I I cannot. It's like with Stephen A. talking about weed. I cannot emphasize this enough. Be smart when you're dealing with the, those kind of women, because I don't see what I don't see it. This what they're, they're throwing some kind of potion, you know. They don't have the best interest, uh, in my opinion, of a man's heart. They don't, because all they care about is money and and, and for their lifestyle. That's it. Because half of them, again, again, same thing. You put me in a room with Anna Montana, and there's. Uh, the the Detroit style pizza from Pizza Hut and and and, a, and some Mountain Dew. I'm going with that pizza. That's just fact. But she again, it's not what's on the surface; it's what's underneath the surface that matters. With that being said, I'm going to play a clip with Chuck Barkley talking about Ben Simmons. Be on the lookout for episode two. Tonight, hopefully, crossing fingers, it'll be late, probably about 10 o'clock, maybe 10.30. I do apologize for the lateness um, of season three, episode two. Basically, I'm going to get into NFL preview. I'm talking about WNBA. Um, they released their top 25 players of all time since it's the 25th season. And I'll also break down the WNBA's MVP, most valuable player, most improved player, coach of the year, Rookie of the Year, et cetera, in episode two. I'll break that down. But with that being said, if you like the video, you want to see more like this, hit that like, comment, and subscribe button. Comment down below. Hit the consider hit the subscribe button. Share the podcast. Uh, season three, we're doing big things. I cannot wait. But with that being said, I'm out. Peace. Stay up, y'all. to hear your opinion on this and it broke over the last couple of days our favorite basketball player in town uh ben simmons and now let, let's get a little uh backdrop on this charles because you witnessed the same thing we did that's no backdrop of this you this is total, <laughs> this is total bs well let, let's let's start from the beginning because 
your heart was taken away from you when the Sixers fell to the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. And and if we examine that series, there was a main reason for them falling to the Sixers uh, to, to the Hawks, and it was number 25. Did not come to play. In fact, did not take a shot in the fourth quarter of four straight playoff games. Which is impossible. <laughs> that's, impossible. A, that's impossible. But see, that's what bothers me. So y'all give him $200 million. I think he got 160, 70 left on the deal. He makes $40 million a year. And y'all, and he gets mad when people criticize him for not only will he not shoot, he's afraid of the ball. And he's mad and wants to leave. This is what you guys have created in today's <laughs> play. You know, you, you players and, oh. and these fans, you don't hold these guys accountable. Wait, so let me get this straight. We liked you enough to give you $200 million. The only thing we asked you is to be a good basketball player. And you're a good basketball player. But we want you to be a – we're not even asking. We just say shoot the ball. Uh, and he's mad and wants to leave town. Come on, Mike. This is total BS. And if I'm the Sixers, we had our annual Sixers dinner the other night. And I said this for, to, to those guys, and we talk about guys who coached and played in the NBA. We do it once a year. All, all the, Anybody who played for the Sixers, we get together once a year for dinner. It's one of the greatest nights of my life. And I said, we had a couple of GMs there. I said, hey, I will call Ben Simmons. I said, hey, if you want to be traded, that's fine. We're not giving you away. We're not giving you away. We, we're not going to trade you to where you want to be traded. If somebody wants to give us the deal we want, we're not taking 25 cents on the dollar. I've heard all these fools talk about who got leverage. No, we got leverage because we have to pay you. And if we don't get the deal we want, you're going to be playing right here in Philadelphia. That's what I would do if I were the Sixers general manager, uh, Elton Brand. I'd say, hey, you don't run the 76ers. We gave you $200 million. The only thing we ask you to do is shoot the damn basketball. And now you're mad because we're telling you you got to shoot the basketball. Now you want to go somewhere else. I'm not having that. Now, if you want to be traded, I got no problem. But I'm going to take the best deal, but it's going to be the best deal. If it's in Sacramento, it's fine. They don't even have a team in Seattle. If it's in Seattle, I'm not going to let your guys bully me and say, I got to be traded to this team here. I'm not going to have that. And if you show up and don't play, I'm going to suspend you, and you ain't going to get paid. He also said, uh, apparently, got to, according to a report, that he would play in 29 other cities, and now the only city he won't play in is Philadelphia. Well, I don't believe that. I, I know you know how that group works. Mm -hmm. They try to trade their players to where they want to. Talk about the uh, Rich Paul clutch. Yes, players. yes, they do it the way mm -hmm. they want to. They, uh, mm -hmm. Anthony Davis, uh, they had better deals for Boston, uh, for Anthony Davis. And I think maybe even New York. And they're like, no, he's going to go to L.A. and play with LeBron. He's not going to play. They just bullet the league. And at some point, a team of the league got to stand up and say, wait a minute. I paid your guy. You can't bully me to train him and me taking some trash back. So I'm hoping somebody in the Sixers organization got some stones. Well, if he doesn't show the camp, they won't pay him. That's and exactly we'll see right. how that works out. That's not going to do the Sixers any good. It ain't going to do him no good with him on the team. Either. Well, true. Uh, let, let's uh, let's play the uh, – here's the thing that he has perturbed him most. And I want to play this for you because I, I know you've heard it. This is, uh, this is Doc Rivers when they lost the final game. And he was asked the question whether uh, Ben Simmons could be uh, a, a point guard uh, for the 76ers. 
Here's what the answer was. Doc, do you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to wait, that. Wait, That's that, what wait, lit wait, him wait, up. Wait, wait. That's an unfair statement? According to Ben, it was because that's what he's now brought up. You're kidding me, right? No, this is the source of his aggravation. But I'm saying, (laughs) are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, that that was the softest criticism. Like that's a fair criticism too. And then what else bothers me? Doc got it. First of all, I blame Ben number one because he's already got one coach ran out of town because he wouldn't shoot the ball. So now he's on the clock. And, but then I blame Doc, too, because we have all these games of the Sixers all year because they're an elite team. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard Doc say, wait, you want me to take Ben Simmons out the game? Yep. I'm like, yeah, we do. That's why we keep asking you because we're playing mm-hmm. five on four. At yeah. least if you got five on five, they have to play all five guys. But Doc has said, and I criticize Doc, and Doc is a, I consider him a friend, and he's a very good coach. But when he defend, he had been defending Ben Simmons. I, we got it. I got at least three times we had the Sixers after the game. He says, "You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. You guys want me to take Ben Simmons out the game. You guys don't want me to play like Doc. If he's not going to shoot, yeah, he did it all year. He did it on this show. He said, "You guys worry more about him not shooting than we do," <laughs> which is totally like that. So hey, that's why it looked like we were right. Yeah, well, they enabled the guy all year. And I get where you're, you're coming from, that we turned him into this. But he was turned into that, Charles, in Australia when he's a 15-year-old kid. But that's when they're I, making plans to do a documentary yeah, on But that's why I told you this goes way back to the Sixers organization. Because the, the thing is really funny, and I said this on the, on our show, so it's not, I'm just saying it not today. Mike, we've had this conversation four years in a row. Mm-hmm. It ain't like everybody's like, well, Ben Simmons not going to shoot the ball. I'm like, yo, man, I've been in Philadelphia every summer for the last four. We've been having the same conversation for four years. Now, all of a sudden, it came to a head, and y'all, they look like idiots. Like, this dude ain't going to shoot. I mean, uh, he going to hide in the corner. Mm-hmm. We're playing five on four. And then, all of a sudden, everybody now is like, well, what are we going to do? I said, well, we've been having it. If you've been doing the same thing for four years and it's not working, some more thing you got to say, okay, you know what? Let's do this. Let me let me ask you this as a former player uh, and, and a perspective of today's player, if you can uh, tell me the difference. He's got the opinion that he's done nothing wrong. Even after the game, it was fresh. The moment was fresh where he passed the ball off to Thibault mm-hmm. under, okay, we're going to play it. He passed the ball off to Thibault under the basket because he was afraid of getting fouled from behind. Instead of going up and dunking and getting a foul, whatever, he flipped it over in a scared type of way. So fresh after the game, he says, really, he did nothing wrong. Let's play it, Tyro. I mean, I feel like I, I found my guys tonight, which I do during the regular season regardless. You know, with the trade truth, I think. Uh, yeah, he was terrible yeah. five for 23. Yeah. Yeah. He had a tough night. Offensively, I, I probably didn't do enough. There's a lot of things. But do you feel like there's something that is different in the postseason with what makes you perceived to be the player that you are? No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let you say that. We lost. It sucks. I am who I am. It is what it is. You know, it's not It's not easy to win. And it shows, you know, Nets got finished by Buck. Not easy to win. Well, listen, the hardest thing as a as, – not just as a basketball player, as a person – to look in the mirror and say, it's my fault I'm not successful. It's a really hard thing. 
listen, Mike, I've had to, we, I've been doing this thing for a long time. And I told you when I went to Moses and he said, when he said, Charles, why are you? I asked Moses, I said, can I come to your condo tonight? We live in the same building right across the street here. As a matter of fact, over at 191. He lived in the penthouse, of course. I was way down in the in the gutter. Um, <laughs> I was. Uh, great place to live, though, I'm not going to lie. So I go up there, and I said, Moses, why am I not getting a play? And he said, hey, you fat and you lazy. And I said, what? He said, you fat and you lazy. And it was the greatest conversation and the worst conversation mixed in because it was hard for me to hear that. Uh-huh. And he said, hey, you weigh 200, 300 pounds, basically. You can't play at 300 pounds in the NBA. And here's a guy who's one of the greatest ever, took me on this wing. He said, let's lose 10 pounds. I get to 290. I'm starting to play better. I get to 280, 270, 260, 250. And once I got to 250, I was starred and I was just kicking ass. There was nothing they could do with me. But if it weren't for me listening to Moses, I'm not sure there's a single person in the Sixers organization that Ben Simmons had from day one that gave him tough love. I give a perfect example, Billy Cunningham. Shout out to Billy Cunningham. Get well soon. One of my one of my great mentors and a great coach. I remember when the owner of the Sixers went behind his back and traded Mark Averoni because he wanted me to play. And I remember Billy pulling me aside, telling me, I'm still not going to play you, fat ass. You're not going to play. You're out of shape, and you're not going to play. Because the owner of the Sixers traded. I remember, i never forget, we were playing the Chicago Bulls. We're getting ready for the game. The coach is late. Um, and we're like, because Billy will leave his mama. That dude will leave anybody. He left, He leaves anybody. He'll leave. He's left Doc and Moses. That's one thing I admire about him. He'll leave anybody. So Billy was late. Al Domenico was late. And then we're like, something's going on. We, did, we thought we didn't know what was going on. We knew something was going on. And they called, called, got Mark Ivoroni off the bus, so he'd been traded. This on the way right before leaving for a game. And I remember when we get to Chicago Stadium, Billy did. He said, hey, I'm not playing your fat ass until you get in shape. You're not going to play. And Sam Williams, who hadn't played all seasons, starts starting. Sam Williams, man. Yeah, great dude. He starts starting. But Billy said to me, you're not going to play fat for me. And you're not going to start fat for me. He played me. He said, but you're not going to mm-hmm. start until you get in shape. You think there's anybody, though, in the NBA today that talks to players like that? It's the whole thing's changed. Well, you know, uh, well, the whole I, thing's changed. Well, I, I, it is. But trying to make a player better, I don't think it, it, it's the same. So, like, so you're saying you, I, you, I, you shouldn't well, play I, him no, no, no. to get better. I, I'm asking what we, we, mm-hmm. me and you, and uh-huh. how many people Philadelphia got in it? A lot. Two, two, two million? <laughs> yeah. What, us two million people uh-huh. and uh, six organizations saying, we need you to shoot the basketball, mm-hmm. brother. We're not asking you to come to our house and wash our cars. We're not asking yeah. you to come home and cook a dinner. We're going to pay you $40 million to dribble a stupid basketball. All you got to do is shoot it. That's not a lot to ask. And I'm going to leave it at that. Peace. He can kiss my ass.
do that? What the hell is going on? First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>